Um, today's Mother's Day, which is a bit of a weird one because I'm still obviously going to stick to our series, and our series is Joe. So, you know, when you had childbirth, it was painful. I'm just going to ask as much of a connection you're going to get out of me today. I'm really not going to connect in really any other way other than that. Um, so that's, that's pretty much as good as it's going to get. So I just kind of want to recap through a few bits and pieces. So today we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about emergence. The reason we're going to be talking about emergence is each week we talked about kind of a word. The first word was innovation. We looked at that. Job is probably one of the greatest innovators when it comes to pain. Every kind of worldview that people tend to embrace when it comes to pain and suffering and their answers behind it um, generally differ from his encounter. And so we had this unique perspective that only he gives, this real sense of innovation that even in today's world, with this book being around for thousands of years, people still don't really take it seriously, don't embrace it, don't really believe it. They kind of pay homage to it, but don't really embrace it. So... He had this really innovative view about pain. The second word we looked at, we looked at the word brick um, because Steve Jobs said, when life smashes you in the face of a brick, don't lose faith. So while we've been doing the series, we've been pairing up Job with Jobs because that's just what we do here. And that particular verse stood out to me and spoke so much about Job's situation because he just repeatedly gets hit in the face of a brick and he doesn't lose faith. He doesn't tap out. He keeps going. And then last Sunday, what we were talking about was noise. Because what happens in the suffering and the pain is the noise that gets created. The noise that tells you this is all there is, this is how it is, this is how it's going to be, this is how it's going to continue to go. And actually, um, Job didn't believe the pain, he didn't believe the brick, and he didn't believe the noise. Um, He had his own opinion that he grabbed to and that he clung to, and we should do the same. And so today what we're looking at as we wrap this whole series up is we're looking at the emergence what emerges out of the pain. So once you've gone through the pain, once you've been smashing the face with a brick, and once you've got past the noise, what is it that emerges out of what God is doing in our lives? So Steve Jobs has this amazing quote, which I absolutely love. He goes, we used to dream about this stuff. Now we get to build it. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. And um, that's kind of the story of Job. So you start with all this suffering, all this pain, all this this dead stuff, but it's kind of like, we used to dream about this. I used to dream about a day where I'd move past all this and I'm here and it's pretty great. It's pretty great. We used to dream about this stuff. And it's ironic for me because next Friday I kind of finish a City Gateway and I'll be doing City Hill full time, which I've been dreaming about since I was 17 years of age. Not known to be City Hill, but knew and I wanted to plant a church and do it full time. And um, it's probably going to be pretty painful actually, but <laughs> it's going to be pretty great. Um, so today what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment. So we're going to look through Job chapter 42. So the first verse of Job says this, Then Job answered the Lord and said, Then Job answered the Lord and said, So we're going to pause for this first bit, the first section what we're going to do today. I've got some stuff to kind of give out. We've done this once before at City Hill. We're going to do it again today because um, I thought it'd be a fun thing to do on Mother's Day. Is we've got a couple of mini easels. And what's going to happen is you guys can do a bit of artwork so you might want to go grab the pens and the pencils from these these here bits um, and it was going to be just the women but uh, the women have been baffled by the clocks change so they ain't here today so you snooze you lose um, anyone else yeah you got yours Follow's got his cool Jodie got hers I'm not really going to do it because I'm going to continue kind of speaking because to make up for the time so you grab one of those, there's some pens in here, there's like a double, this one's really cool man, this one like folds out, like everything is double double, there's like, there's two, 
there's two kind of tiers to that thing. It just it just flows. Eden had loads of these metallic pens here, luminous ones, all that kind of stuff. So what you're gonna to wanna to do before you even touch or draw or do anything on there is you're probably gonna want your phone because you're probably going to want to, to write a few thoughts down first before we get into it. So that's what I'm gonna be talking about. So Job answered the Lord. So chapter 42 is Job's response to God. And so we're gonna ask a question. We're gonna ask a question this morning which you wanna jot down your phone or notepad or something. And that question is this, what do you need to answer? What do you need to respond to? So over the space of this series, what is it you need to, to answer? What is it you need to respond to God? Is it the call to innovate in your pain? Is it the call to innovate in your pain? Is it to keep faith with the brick? So you need to name your brick today. So you need, to, you need to think about what's going on in your life and go, you know what, man, what is, what is my brick? What is the brick that has been smashing me in the face? Like, like with Job, like with the Steve Jobs quote, what is the brick that has been smashing me in the face? Name your brick. And write that down. Then noise. Do you need to ignore the noise in your situa- that your situation is creating? Name your brick. List the noise and then write down what we found out last week that Job said in spite of the noise that everyone was telling him, this is why you're suffering, this is what's going on. And he just said, I know my Redeemer lives and he'll walk the earth. So put down your brick, put down the noise that's being created and you want to be creative. So you don't want to list like this essay. So you're going to want to get this down to like a, even less than a tweet, maybe 140 characters, maybe less than that because you've got that tiny easel, man. That's, that's no long thing. So you're going to get that down. So you're going to name your brick, list the noise, and then you're going to write down, I know my redeemer lives. But then you're going to leave space for one line at the bottom, which you're not going to get yet. So you're going to have to leave space for a statement that that I'm going to give you later on. So the reason this is really important is you see what you're going to do with these easels is they can sit on your bedtime table, bedside side table. So you wake up in the morning and you're going to see your brick. You're going to see the noise. And you're going to know your Redeemer lives and the last bar is going to crack you up. So you're going to start your day different. You're going to start your day in, in terror and anxiety. You're going to start your day knowing the victory. So that's the reason we're doing this today. So this is the, the Mother's Day present uh, for everyone. We're all going to kind of receive and be blessed with. So the second thing that Job says is, I know you can do all things. So the first thing is Job answers God. He says, I know you can do all things. And when, when we look at that, we can look at different stories that kind of say a similar description of God where Abraham kind of um, is receiving the promise and he's like, I know with God all things are possible. And then Jesus says that when he talks about the, the rich um, inheriting the kingdom of God. And he says, man, it'd be easier for like a camel to go pass through the eye of the needle um, and all that jazz. But he says, but all things are possible with God, that God can do the miraculous. And Job here says that. He says, I know you could do all things and that no purpose of yours could be thwarted, that could be stopped. And then the third thing he says in the third verse, I uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me that I did not know. So Job looks back at his suffering and his pain and now he looks at it in this completely different way. He never saw it like this before. 
all before there was this kind of like whining, this upset, this, this kind of grieving, this, this place of dust and ashes. And in, in this moment, he goes, I uttered things I didn't understand. I was saying things I had no grasp of. They were just too wonderful. What I was going through was too wonderful. I just didn't know. I didn't understand. It is okay you went through some junk. You have said some stuff you wish you hadn't. Job did. I have too. Things were at work that were just simply too wonderful for me or for you to understand. You don't get it then. You don't get it then. And the answer you get from God, that make the, the response that you get, and you see things like Job does here, it doesn't happen like in a week. It doesn't happen on your time scale. It doesn't happen in that moment. And you just look back and go like, Man, I can look back at some stuff that I just thought, man, that totally sucked. That was the worst thing ever. I look back at it now and I'm like, geez, if that hadn't happened, man, where was I heading? Where was I heading? I was on a really bad trajectory. And that catalyst, that moment, it changed everything. At the time, not at all grateful, upset, vexed, shaking my fist at God. Oh, why did you bring me here? Why am I alive? This sucks. Now, look back, oh, some stuff that was too wonderful was happening. You were changing me from the inside out. You didn't want me to take that junk any further down the road. You didn't want me in that situation anymore. I didn't get it at the time. And, and, and that situation where I felt trapped, I felt bullied, I felt alone, I felt intimidated, I felt like isolated. Man, things were too wonderful that I didn't know were going down. And I can honestly say that with situations that I've gone through. And, and Job has, this, has this, this shift that takes place. And then in verse 4, he says, I question you, and you make it known. There is a time God will answer the question, not when you want, but he will answer it and make it known. And then when God makes it known, what does Job say in verse 5? He said, man, I was, I was hearing it. I was hearing it, but now I know, and now I, now I see you with my eyes. It's like he sees God with his eyes, because... God has made it known. He's revealed it to him. So it's like a revelation to him. It's like it's being revealed personally to him. He has this, this deep and meaningful encounter. And then the sixth thing he says in verse 6, Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. You know what's crazy? He's gone, one, he's gone 180, 360, whichever. He's gone the whole, whole damn way around. He's, he's had a moment where everything happens to him. He's in dust and ashes. And then as he's in dust and ashes, he's having a go and giving it some. And then he realizes things that are too wonderful and the things that he said and the ways that he's seen it. And now he ends up in dust and ashes again. But dust and ashes looking at who he is and realizing, whoa, things were too wonderful that were going on that I had no understanding and no comprehension of. And so when we look at this, we kind of go back round and we go like, okay, well, what leads Job from being hit in the face of a brick constantly? His business is smashed, stripped from him. His ten children killed, his body covered in sores, his sin, skin sticking to its bones, his wife saying, just be a waste man and cuss God and just die, you know, this, this sucks. And still keep his integrity, but really be like in this dark, dark place and not getting anything. What causes him to say, oh man, things were too wonderful. I didn't understand. What is it God says to him that changes all of this? Well, in the two chapters before, like Job 40 and 41, God has this long conversation with Job. And I was reading through it and I've read through different people's explanations and stuff. And some of the stuff is, is pretty cray. So in Job 41, God talks to him loads about the Leviathan. 
Um, can I'm going to just summarise some of the key points and kind of word them in my own kind of expression. Can you draw out Leviathan with a hook? Can you just pull it like around with a hook? Can you do that? Will he make pleas to you? Will he speak soft words to you? Will he make covenant with you to take him for your servant forever? Will you toy with him, Job? Will you toy with Leviathan? Will you put him on a leash? Can you even lay your hands on him? Then he says, remember the battle. You won't do it again. Behold, the hope of a man is false. He is laid low even at the sight of him. No one is brave enough to send for him. He is king over the sons of pride. Those are just a few things that it says about uh, Leviathan and, and, and God's answers to Job. So what is it about that? The Job is hearing this from God and he just decides, man, things were happening that were just too wonderful for me. Why is this wonderful news? Why is this good news? Well, some commentators read the descriptions. It talks about the skin being this hardened thing. It talks about its teeth, talks about all this and talks about being in the water and stuff. And, and some guys are going, well, clearly... Um, the conversation is about a large crocodile and um, I thought to myself like yeah okay I don't think if I've been in Job's situation and God said to me listen mate I'm I'm Steve Irwin rags it's on and then you're like geez Steve Irwin no way that's it dust and ashes for me then this is things too wonderful like Job mate I'm, he's been on TV for a while you know <laughs> it's not it's not all that but then you read Isaiah 27 verse 1 and the way it talks about Leviathan at the beginning of Isaiah 27 is it it talks about him and you start to get a picture of the way it talks and it's not talking about a creature it's talking about Lucifer it's talking about Satan it's talking about El Diablo it's talking about the devil and so then when we think of what what God is saying to Job in this passage he he walks through talking about life before that he talks about other animals talks about other creatures he raises some questions that Job brings and he talks all through all those things but when he summarizes the whole situation what he's saying to him is he's painting a different picture so what we read at the beginning of Job which Job doesn't see is we see Satan coming and he's talking to God and God says where have you been and Satan says I've been walking all over the earth so I've been I've been stretching my feet I've been walking over some people's lives I've been trashing the place that's what he says when he says I've been all over the world he's saying he's subduing it he's in charge he's running things he's, he's, he's a big you out here that's what Satan is kind of saying to God in that moment and, and, and he, he's painting this big picture and then what Satan says is about Job God says have you considered my servant Job and he's like yeah but you got a, you got a hedge around him you got a hedge of protection around him and I can't touch him and that's the way Satan speaks about it So Satan's viewpoint is there's this hedge of protection around Job. I'm not saying there isn't a hedge of protection about Job. But I'm saying God talks about it in a really different way. He starts talking to Job about Satan and he says, can you pull him around with a hook? Because I can. Does he make pleas to you? He steps in front of me and makes pleas about what he wants to do and where he wants to move. He ain't about no hedges. He has to make pleas. He he speaks soft words, trying to trying to trying to beg friend. He he will make covenants with me, and he's stuck in the position of being a servant forever. He 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 doesn't have authority over me. Will you toy with Satan? Nah, you don't toy with Satan, Job. I can toy with Satan. 
Will you, will you put him on a leash? Will you put him on a leash? Will you put him on a leash? Can you put El Diablo on a leash? Man's got him on a leash, blood. <laughs> That's what he's saying. So Satan has this idea of there's this, there's this hedge around. God's going, it's not a hedge, man. It's a leash. It is a leash. You think, he's even, you think he can urinate on the side of that hedge? Nah, man, he's on a leash. On a leash. Can you lay a hand on him? And then he goes, remember the battle. You won't do it again. And then Job hears this. He remembers everything that he's been through and everything that's going on. And he starts to see things that are too wonderful for him to understand. That in all of these things, in all the pain, in all the suffering, in all the hardship, in all the isolation, God is working out things too wonderful for him to understand. Too, too wonderful for him to understand. That there is this big theatrical part playing out that we read about in the first week that in the heavens Satan is coming before God making accusation and that actually Job stands and he wins he wins he doesn't curse God he doesn't speak out that this huge theatrical thing is playing out and actually it's not just Job it's you and I and that in our situations and as we kind of worship this morning and as we sang this morning Like wherever you're coming from, whatever place you're in right now, whatever past pain you're still working out, as you as you worshipped him, as you sang it out, it's the same scenario. Satan's trying to get us kind of crushed into the ground. He's trying to grind us down. He's trying to wear us down. He's trying to lead us that place where we'll curse God. And yet we came this morning praising God for what he's done in spite of any of the pain and the abuse and, the, and the, the situations that have happened in your life, that actually even in spite of that, the wonderful thing is that I know my Redeemer lives. And I know. And then what happens is after that, we have this final chapter. So Job has this encounter with God and he's just blown away by it and he sees the wonderful beauty of what God is working out for his pain and for his suffering. And then it goes on to say that God then turns to his friends and puts them in their place. And God starts speaking to their friends and they start to see that Job was right the whole time and he hadn't been on some next thing where he'd been doing all this madness. And what they end up doing, and they've been telling him to do sacrifices, they told him to do all this stuff, they end up coming and God tells them and they bring a sacrifice in front of Job, uh, apologizing to God in front of Job and then for Job to pray for them, for Job to pray for them. And do you know what the Bible says? It says when Job prayed for them, God unleashed his blessing upon Job's life. And Job had double everything he had before. And that's where we go, everything is double, 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 double. Well, that is from this passage in Job. He loses it all and everything is double. Everything is double. All the different businesses he had, they're back and they're double. And then do you know what he has as well? He has seven boys. And he has three girls. And when I read that, I just see kind of like the resurrection. I see the resurrection in it. But actually, I see more than the resurrection because he has double. Because when the resurrection comes and he knows that his Redeemer lives, he's got 20 kids. Because there's another kingdom. There's an eternal kingdom that goes beyond the suffering and the pain that he's been through. And Job no longer has 10 kids. Job has 20. 
because everything in his life is doubled. Everything in his life is blessed. Everything in his life God touches and God pours out his spirit on. And so this Sunday is about the emergence. So the question that comes around is what is going to emerge in your life out of your suffering and out of your pain? And the question becomes, who do you need to be praying for, for God to unlock his blessing to overflow into your life? I know exactly who it is. I was moaning about him yesterday to my parents. Man, I'm not going to lie. I hate this guy. I hate him. I hate what he's done to me. And I hate what he's done to someone I love and I respect. I've got hatred in my heart for this guy. My dad's going, son, your attitude's not right. And I'm going, dad, my attitude's just fine. He's scum. He's scum. He's, I don't know how he's in ministry. He's scum. I don't like this guy at all. One bit. Got nothing for this guy. I've got to start praying for him to succeed. I've got to start praying for God's blessing to overflow into his life. A guy who put me through one of the hardest years of my life. And I've got to pray that God would unleash his blessing on him. That God would do more for him, through him, and for him than God would ever do for me. I've got to start praying for that for him. Not because I'm chasing double, but I'm chosen to be a man like Job. A man who's innovative with his pain and takes his greatest pain and turns it into his greatest opportunity. Takes his greatest hardship and turns it into his greatest blessing. Guys, this morning, it's not about what pain you go through. It's about what emerges out of it. It's about what comes out of it. It's never about what happens to you. It's about how you respond to it. And how you respond to it determines whether God's going before the angels. Like, look at this guy. Satan said he was running things down there. Said he was trampling over everything. But have you seen Andy? Have you seen my boy? Have you seen how he's worshipping me? Everything's going wrong and he's worshipping me. Have you seen it? Is he going to say that about you? Is he going to say that about you? What's going to emerge out of your pain? You can't tap out now. Just when you feel like you want to tap out, it's time to tap into God's grace. Because that's when he pours out a blessing. That's when he turns your life around. That's when he doesn't just turn your life around, but it flows out of you into the lives of the people around you. And he brings about a change. This week, I've been telling my learners that I'm leaving. I've got a kid who steals alcohol telling me he's going to give me a £100 bottle on my last day. <laughs> I was like, well, at least I'm not going to court you this time. Uh, no, I told him don't do that, obviously. And then the responses you're getting from them, and you start to realise, actually, some of this time, man, I thought I was banging my head against a brick wall, and I'm finding out, now they know I'm going, they really appreciate me, they don't want me to go, and they're saying all this nice stuff to me. And then you start to realise you've been channeling it through, and actually, out of the pain, I'm starting to see there's some good things emerging out of it. And I'm not just looking for blessing of me. I'm looking for, for the people around me. I want to be a blessing in people's lives. I don't want it about me. I'm asking you guys the question today, what is going to emerge out of your pain and who is it you need to start praying for? But the ultimate thing is with your artwork, because I'm going to be finishing now, is you've got to name your brick. You've got to name the noise that your brick is creating. And then you need to put my Redeemer lives. And the last thing you need to put on there is God has got the devil on a leash. He's got him on a leash. I tried in the, in the, in the uh, volunteer app where we all communicate with one another. I tried going, has anyone got a dog leash? I wanted a dog leash this Sunday so bad. But I was out at a, a birthday party, so I couldn't buy one. And I was like, damn it, man, I wanted that leash this morning. 
God has got Satan on a leash. And when you wake up, you can see your pain. You can see the noise your pain is creating. You can know your Redeemer lives. And you can know he's on a leash, bruv. He won't talk about hedges. No, it's not even hedges. It's a leash. It's a leash. I'm going to pray for us today. And um, God's blessing will just overflow out into us. Father God, I know who I need to pray for. And I'm not going to name the person because this is a podcast that goes out. <laughs> and then it will be turned into like a Stormzy sending for man. And um, as much as I'd enjoy that, it's not going to be helpful. But Father God, you know the person I've got in my heart right now, Father, I just pray you would bless them. And I pray that you would use them for your kingdom. And I pray that many sons and daughters would come to know you as their father through this person's ministry. I pray that they would walk with integrity and they would walk upright before you and blameless. I pray you forgive them for the things that I feel they've done. They don't even care. I just pray that your spirit would flow out of them and that they would be someone who brings love and change God to their communities. I pray, Lord God, that you would just bless them everything they set their hand to. And though they may never know the pain they've caused me and someone I love, I, I just pray that you pour out your forgiveness and your grace upon their lives. And that if they are, without knowing it, going through any hardships because they haven't repented of the things that they've done, I just pray that you would just release them. And Father, if I've got things wrong about them, God, I just bring my offering now and I just lay it down and I just say, I'm sorry, God. Because I just want you to pour out your spirit upon all flesh and that people would know you. And Father, I just pray for everyone here that maybe has that person they need to pray for, Lord God. I just pray this week would be a week where every day they would just pour blessing upon that person's life. And I pray that we would all start to see the double. And I pray we would all start to walk in your blessing and your anointing and your glory for us, Lord. Father God, we all have pain. And if we don't have pain now, it's coming. I pray you help us to be innovative with it. I pray that when we're hit in the face of a brick, we won't lose faith. And I pray, Father God, the noise that comes afterwards that tells you this is all there is. I pray that we would know that our Redeemer lives. And I pray, Father God that above all things we remember you've got Satan on a leash I don't walk big I don't walk tough but you've got him on a leash and Father God we just worship you this morning and we thank you for your goodness and your grace upon our lives and we just also pray Father this week that we would be like Job because Job lived a life that shone Job lived a life that invited others in and Job lived a life that gave and he gave you offerings even when he didn't think there was anything to give you an offering for. He was he was just a blessed guy. Father God, we, we also, Lord God, I just want to do a prayer shout out for all the mums who give so much, Lord. May you bring them double, Lord God. Uh, we always align ourselves to the story by thinking we're the hero, but actually maybe we're the ones who need to be schooled and we've been Job's friends to some people. And maybe we need to go to them and say, I thought this is what was going on and I'm so wrong. I'm a fool. I shouldn't have been speaking. I should have been listening. I should have been blessing you. Um, help us to look for what emerges from both sides for Job and also for his friends and Father we just remember that we used to dream about this stuff now we get to build it and it's pretty great Amen <laughs>